Hello and welcome to the NBA Next podcast presented by Track. I am Scott Allen and I'm joined by Keith Smith. We are here to talk about what is next financially in the NBA. And Keith, we are going to run through the top 20 cap hits of the NBA season that is upon us. Pretty much the rosters are pretty locked in as far as the the top 20 salaries. Any extensions that hit are more so going to be for next season. So I think we are pretty safe to run through the gambit here. Talk about what is next from a cap hit standpoint going into this season. Um, any other news that we should know about uh, before we dive into these top 20? No, it, it, we're kind of in the calm before the storm period with, with the NBA. What's happening right now is play, the World Cup is over. Uh, so what you've got is guys are taking the last kind of little bit of vacation, especially the guys who played in the World Cup. Uh, everybody else is filtering back in. If you keep an eye on any of the team's social media accounts, they're all having a field day posting uh, players in the facility working out and playing pickup and all those things because right after Labor Day, January is when everybody kind of gets back into the home market and then everybody starts filtering in over these next couple of weeks ahead of stuff. That's why when you get to media day, when a player is like, oh, you know, this guy, you know, came back and he's got a whole new, you know, jump shot or, you know, 15 pounds of muscle or whatever it is that they talk about, which is, you know, almost kind of like a bingo card game you could play. They that's because they've all seen each other over the last, um, a uh, few weeks working out in the facility. So that's where we're at. As far as rosters go, teams are just kind of filling out their rosters right now. A lot of camp invites. There's a couple of free agents still out there. We've talked about them on a recent episode, so we're not going to get back into that. But yeah, rosters are mostly done. Minus Damian Lillard and James Harden still out there. We'll see what happens um, with, with them and uh, potential trades. And everybody's kind of expecting it's either we're getting towards kind of now or never time for that. And, and we'll, we'll see what happens as far as that being a trade that's made before the regular season starts. Let me ask you this before we dive in into the top 20 on the World Cup. I was not able to watch very much, if at all, outside of clips on Twitter X at this point. Um, were there any players that had a standout uh, World Cup showing that really helped their market value from a next contract standpoint? That's a good question. I, You know, next contract, we'll, we'll see that there was a guy um Artur's uh, Vargas, I, I think is how you say it, um, from uh, Latvia. He's a point guard, and he had an outstanding World Cup. He's actually one of the few players who's a free agent. Uh, so he's potentially somebody that you know, he, I'm sure he was on NBA teams radars. And I knew a couple teams that are like, yeah, he's okay. You know, but probably not anybody we're going to look at. Well, after that, you know, run in the world cup, I think that may be changed. So, you know, we'll see if he gets a late NBA offer here or more likely probably returns overseas. But as far as guys who were, you know, standout players, most of the guys are signed. Um, long-term, like Anthony Edwards was one of the big standouts for the United States, as was Austin Reeves, and both of those guys just signed uh, new big contracts th- this summer. So so I, I think we're, we're, we're kind of in a point where these guys were fairly well locked in, and we, we know, especially this go-around, a handful of guys you know passed on the World Cup entirely because of contract-related things. So, so I think we're in a position now where – 
it's not quite the launching point, but you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, probably a handful of guys will come up and, and we know somewhere down the line, whether it's this world cup or this upcoming uh, Olympics in the summer of 2024, we know the stories will come out of there of, you know, these three players decided they wanted to play together at one point when they were playing on the world cup team or whatever the case may be. All right, so let's dive into the uh, top 20 cap hits of the 23-24 NBA season here. Uh, number one is Steph Curry at $51.9 million. And pretty much what I want to do here is say worth it, overrated at this point of their career with the salary that they're making and any other tidbits that we should know going into the season with these players. So like I said, Steph Curry, $51.9 million. Uh, what do you have to say about Steph. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny. He, as of today, the only $50 million player, we know that's going to all change here uh, very quickly as soon as next year uh, comes in when that's going to be uh, almost a nearly a baseline salary and max uh, extensions, probably over if we're being slightly more on the optimistic side than what the league projected. But yeah, I mean, Steph clearly worth it. Uh, he's got two more years after this one. So three years in 167 and change uh, owed to him, you know, going forward um, with that, but he's still playing at a you know near MVP type level. And he's probably never going to play enough games the rest of his career to factor into the MVP conversation, but definitely you know worth it and, you know, earned every penny of, of this uh, big contract. And it's kind of funny. I go back to when he signed it, people are like, man, this guy's going to make, you know, 50 plus million dollars a year, nearly 60 million in the final year. And now the conversation as the cap is right, uh, continues to rise is turning to this guy's going to make 70, $80 million in, you know, year four and five of an extension. And that's just kind of where things are at. But, but uh, Steph kind of set the stage for that. Yeah, he absolutely did. And he's helped grow that franchise to what they are now. And it's, it's you know, I almost want to say 51.9 at this point is is undervalued for <laughs> what like he is worth bit. to that franchise overall. I mean, if there was no salary cap, he may be making closer to 80 already because of the value that oh, he just brings to Golden State. Yeah. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree. Yeah, it's it's kind of like the, the 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 conversation has tailed off as he's aged, but it used to be like if there's no cap, you'd pay LeBron James a hundred million a year because of you know what he means to a franchise and everything. But yeah, for sure, you know, Steph is is almost you know it's it's you know it's hard to say anybody making fifty million dollars is underpaid, but I, I get where you're going with that. Number two, Kevin Durant with the Phoenix Suns, forty seven point six million dollars. Yep, this is uh, this is uh, moving him into that new, uh, you know, contract that, that he had signed uh, prior to be trading, prior to being traded by the Nets to the Suns. Uh, one of several Suns that we're going to talk about here as they've kind of loaded up a little bit. He also has three years left, not quite um, as much money as Steph, um, but one hundred and fifty three point five million uh, through the full three years, all all of it's fully guaranteed and. Kevin Durant, you know, again, much like Steph, if you're going to pay this much money, yeah, you want to pay it to a guy like Kevin Durant because of everything he can be for your team and for your franchise. Now, again, like Steph, probably never going to win another MVP because he's probably not going to play enough games. But his whole thing is, you know, if he's healthy when he's out there, that, you know, he, he's the kind of guy that can lift you into title contention and take you from being a very good team to a great team uh, very quickly. 
Yeah, health is definitely uh, on, on Kevin Durant for sure, hoping he can play more games than not this upcoming season because I think it's going to be fascinating to see him with Beal, with Booker, uh, Aiton for as long as he is on that team. That's going to be uh, something to watch, especially out of the gate now. Uh, number three, there's three players tied at $47.6 million. Joel Embiid, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic. You can go whichever direction you want with those three. Yeah, and these guys are all, why they're all at the same exact number. These are extensions starting for all three of these guys. Different places for all three of them. Um, you know, LeBron clearly at his age, he's in the uh, almost year to year or two year uh, range with his extension. So that's where he's at because of the um, over 38 rule kicking in on him uh, here with, with he could only add um, these couple of years on. So we, we've got him uh, there. And then you've got Jokic, who in his position is starting the first year of a full five-year extension. He does have a player option. So this is a five-year, $276 million. He's at $62 million uh, in the f- 62.8, so nearly $63 million in the final year. And then with Joel Embiid, he's in a slightly different situation because of because of timing wise and when he signed his extension so his is a four-year deal um and he's at 213 million uh with a player option in the final year 26 27 at just over 59 million but all three guys you've got the mvp the guy who won the mvp the last two years and then the guy who you know when he needs to be can still be the best player in the nba so without a doubt you know three of the better players um just all interesting how you know two of them are going head to head for mvp and then you've got lebron just kind of it's way too understating it to say playing out the string because he's doing far more than that in his career but uh you know kind of wrapping up the uh end years of you know what has been you know in some some people's opinions the uh greatest career in nba history Number six, Bradley Beal at $46.7 million with the Phoenix Suns recently traded in the uh, offseason. Yeah, uh, this one, I think we would need to say this is an overpay. <laughs> this is the first time where we're going to say that um, Bradley Beal uh, has four total years left on his contract. He also has a player option. Famously, we remember the the this was the uh, the Wizards gave him everything. They gave him the max. They gave him the no trade clause. They gave him the trade bonus. They gave him the player option. I mean, they gave him everything he possibly could have gotten in, in this um, uh, you know contract um, with with the Wizards. It was not an extension. It was a new deal. Played out the first year of it last year. But now, you know what we're going to see. You know, Bradley Beal can be a great player. Can be a very good scorer. I think it tends to be a little bit of an odd fit with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Nobody's really truly a playmaker for others in that group. And they're going to have to manufacture some passing and some movement and those kind of things. And that that's going to be on the coaching staff to figure out. But, but the big thing with Bradley Beal is he's kind of, kind of um, almost like a bell curve in his career where he started out unable to stay healthy, then got to a point where he had several healthy years in a row and now over the last couple of years hasn't really been healthy. And we're going to find out this year how much of that was the Wizards weren't good, so they weren't rushing him back um, versus how much of this is, all right, you know, these are real things. I think 
it's probably somewhere in the middle a little bit on those things with Bradley Beal. But, you know, for what he makes at this point in his career, for what he is with the injury history, that definitely, you know, we're, we're hitting into the realm of our first, you know, really, truly overpaid guy on this list. Do you think with what we know now, obviously we don't know what's going to happen with him in Phoenix injuries, anything like that, but based on what we know now, do you think this contract, the situation with signing a player from Washington, trying to do everything that they can to retain him is going to be a case study in the future for agents and players and front offices? Yeah. You know, it, could be. I, I think what you're going to start to see here is um, it's very hard to get a no trade clause in the NBA, which this is a true no trade clause. Uh, the reasons for that is what happens quite often with these guys is they get into um, how do I explain this? They you, you can't add a no trade clause in an extension. It has to be there already, or you have to put it into a new contract when the player signs. Well, because a guy's not eligible until they're in the eighth year of their career, having spent four the minimum of four years with the franchise to qualify, a lot of guys don't even get there. And then with the um, rise in extensions, we see more and more guys extending. It's just become very, very rare uh, to see a no trade clause in a contract at all. So I'm kind of in a little bit of a spot here where it is a little interesting to kind of look through it and say, all right, where are we going um, with, with this, um, you know, with, uh, uh, you know, these types of deals? Because if you're going to do that, Ideally, it's for somebody who you are, all right, this guy is a super duper star. He's tied to my team long term for whatever reason. We didn't extend him, but he wants to stick around and he's going to be productive throughout the full run of the rest of this contract or at least, you know, four out of the five years or whatever. And if, you know, not a guy who is a, all right, he's a borderline all-star kind of guy and we'll see what it looks like, which is what Beal was. Though You're going to see teams, I think, be very reluctant, but we'll see how often it even comes into play because, as I said, it's very hard to even get to that point anyway. Number seven is Paul George, $45.6 million. And I'm just going to group in the eighth highest salary uh, cap hits here to Kawhi Leonard, 45.6, Damian Lillard, 45.6, and Giannis, 45.6. So I, I'm grouping them together because the, I think the Paul George, Kawhi Leonard conversation just needs to happen together here. Don't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are probably the two most linked together guys um, on this list and maybe in the entire league just because these two guys chose to go to the Clippers together. Um, we remember Kawhi Leonard basically said, I'll sign with you if you can trade for Paul George. And then the Clippers gave up a you know monster package to be able to do so. So we're in just, just a position where now with these two guys – it seems like still everything's going to be made decisions made together. Both of them are uh, now um, uh, extension eligible. So we're going to find out if they want to extend or not um, with, with the Clippers. It sounds like that's, you know, maybe a little bit more questionable than, you know, the lock guarantee it was they both have player options going into uh, next year 24 25 so effectively they're on expiring contracts so so we're gonna see you know kind of how this comes together with these two two players and the clippers now it's also important to factor 
even though they've missed a ton of games throughout their run with the Clippers, they've been part of some of the better Clippers teams um, through the, the really the franchise's history. So I think we're in a position now where we're looking at with the Clippers is can they, you know, find a way to get these two guys to be on the court and especially on the court when it matters in the postseason as they start to move towards moving into their new and their own building um, there in L.A. They'll no longer be uh, sharing the Lakers building with, with the Lakers. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see how this all plays out through the course of this season and then what it looks like going into whatever their next contracts are, whether those are extensions or they are um, new deals this summer, whatever it may be, just because of the spot these two guys are in. All right, so Damian Lillard, 45.6 is tied with Kawhi Leonard, and Giannis is similar, exact same conversation uh, as far as salary and cap hit. So uh, what do you think? With Obviously, we know that Damian Lillard <laughs> is up in the air, but in Giannis, we talked about last week with potential what could happen with him. You did a next contract series. So anything you want to add to those two? Yeah, so we'll, you know, just very quickly with Damian Lillard, he's got four years left on his contract because he's got this year and then next year, which are finishing out his his prior extension. Then he has one more extension kicking in after that, which will kick in right now, projects at about $54.7 million, and then a final year of $59 million. We know he doesn't want to be in Portland anymore. He wants to be in Miami. That's been made uh, very, very clear um, over and over and over again. So we're going to find out what happens with, with that trade. Again, Damian Lillard, kind of similar to Bradley Beal in a lot of ways where – very, very good player, better player than Bradley Beal, to be fair. Um, but you have some of the same health issues. Again, how many of those things are real? How many of those things are, well, it happened because we weren't really trying to win games. We're going to find out Did that may not even be a real thing here um, down the line um, with this new, uh, you know, or new or revamped or uh but you know, harder emphasize whatever you want to call it, player participation policy. That's a little bit of a tongue twister there. Um, so we'll see what that looks like. But yeah, you know, we're going to find out with Damian Lillard. And if he doesn't get traded, it's going to be weird uh, seeing him kind of in Portland here in a couple weeks at Media Day when it's like, all right, what are we doing here? Because he doesn't want to be here. And I don't think they really necessarily want him there anymore. They're ready to move on with Scoot Henderson and Shaden Sharp and the rest of their young kind of guys being the face of the franchise. So that one's going to be fun. And then Giannis, um, I'm not going to talk too long because we talked about it pretty, pretty in depth uh, the other day, but we could be kind of on the outskirts of seeing this turn into similar to Damian Lillard. Now he's a little bit different. He's got three years left and a player option in 25, 26. And with him, he will be extension eligible towards the end of this month in about a week or so. So we'll see um, what that looks like for Giannis, but he's been very clear. I'm not going to extend right now. I want to see. And I think what he's doing is putting that pressure on the box. Let's continue to keep this team growing and moving and moving things forward. So, uh, you know, we, we could be having a very similar uh, conversation that we've had with Damian Lillard all summer, a similar one with Giannis next summer. If things don't quite go the Bucks way. Number 11 comes Jimmy Butler with Miami at $45.2 million. Yeah. I mean, this one, I, I think fairly easy, right. It, to, to say this is well worth it because this guy just pushes them to a level 
that they're not at otherwise. Now he's in a spot where he's much like Giannis. He's got uh, two years and then a player option left. So three years, you know, but unlike Giannis, unlike Damian Lillard, Jimmy Butler seems very happy in Miami. Those uh, seem uh, the organization player that seems to be kind of like a tailor-made uh, dream fit together. So, so we're in a spot with with Jimmy Butler where, yeah, super well worth it for what he brings uh, to that Miami Heat franchise. What he means to that franchise, he's the reason why you know as much as anybody else that a guy like Damian Lillard wants to go there because they want to play with him. The one question with with Jimmy Butler is he is going to be thirty four. Um, actually today, happy birthday, Jimmy Butler. Um, I, as I looked that up, so today he turns 34. So we're in a spot with him where already he's 34 years old. You know, are we going to see, we've seen some injuries slow him down a little bit, um, over the past couple of regular seasons, but as long as he's still there and bringing it in the postseason, I'm not going to worry about him too, too much. It'll have to, uh, be, you know, real postseason where either he's out with an injury or just doesn't have it at all before I'm going to fully buy in. But, you know, for now, yeah, fully well worth, you know, every penny he makes. Number 12 comes Clay Thompson, Golden State Warriors, $43.2 million. Yeah, this one is a little bit, I'm going to steal a little bit of a baseball thing here, which is big in Major League Baseball, where you're paying um, for past performance a little bit. That's that's a very big thing in baseball where we see these guys sign, you know, sometimes 10, 11, 12 year deals are going to pay them, you know, 20, 30, 40 million dollars, um, you know, when they're, you know, well past their prime. That's a little bit of what's going on with Clay Thompson. Now, obviously, when the Warriors signed him to this, uh, you know, contract, which is in now in its final year, he's the first guy, I believe, on this list that's on a true expiring contract. Um, they, they didn't know he would, you know, have suffer multiple catastrophic injuries. It missed essentially two plus years of his career. So we're in a spot with Clay Thompson where, yeah, it's an overpay because of the way things have paid out and it's an overpay now, but it's one where the Warriors are saying, Hey, this guy's been a huge part of title winning teams, including just two seasons ago. I'm where he's a big part of us beating the Celtics in the finals. So they're very happy. I'm sure to, to pay this out. Now what's going to be interesting with him is does he extend? Does this play out into free agency where he can, he would be a guy that could get one of those no trade clauses. Um, and given his history with the Warriors, that could be a somewhat uh, interest, interesting discussion where that goes. But I, my guess is you're going to see either he extends or he signs a new contract next summer. And you're going to see his number knocked way, way down from this 43.2 into probably something in the, high twenties, low thirties range, but he adds, you know, two, three years um, on the back end because of that. And that'll get him to a place where as he probably ages out fully uh, from being a productive NBA rotation player, his salary will, will match that uh, commensurately. Two points. One, add that to your list of uh, next contract series, because I think that would be a fascinating one. <laughs> yeah. And second, I think it's a similar conversation with uh, the Golden State Warriors having re-signed Draymond Green. You know, keep the band together, um, do what you can. You're right. They, they paid him for past services, but I'm super interested to see how Clay Thompson's camp works with Golden State if he takes that discount or not, having seen 
he is not the player that he was before. So that's going to be super fascinating to see how that all plays out, especially knowing Golden State Warriors with their super tax and all of that in play now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, we're, we're in a spot now where it is, you know, where are we headed, right? Like, like where, where are we going uh, with this? So that, that's definitely going to be something that, you know, we're going to be keeping an eye on for sure. Number 13, Rudy Gobert, 41 million flat. Yeah, uh, this one's tough because it's, he got paid because he was, you know, for when he got this extension from the Jazz, he was a preeminent defensive player in the league. And I'm not going to say he's never going to be that again. Um, maybe he can be that. It's, you know, but the challenges are he's great defensively, even if he's not the defensive player of the year he's still one of the best defensive centers in the entire nba great rebounder but offensively just pretty limited there's only so much you can do now you would love to say on this minnesota team if they can get full health and really not have things kind of get them going sideways early in the season we're going to find out you know can he play with Carl anthony towns is everything that makes Towns special is that that only matters if he's at the five versus you know playing at the four um you know what does that look like you know for him um you know with that so i think what what we're gonna see with um gobert though in this case is two more years left under his contract um after this year so a total of three years 131.5 million i'm doing a little bit of rounding there um final year player option i would say 46.6 million probably going to pick that up at the end uh there he'll be you know in his uh uh mid 30s at that point um or i guess still early 30s but approaching his mid 30s so we're we're going to find out a lot now the big thing with this wolves team is towns gobert anthony edwards got extended on a full max they still have Jaden McDaniels that they got to figure out if they're going to extend him or not, which they absolutely should because he's a really good young player. But just those two, get three guys rather, Towns, Gobert, and Edwards next season, that's $129 million against the cap that as of today projects to be $142 million. So this is a team that is looking like they are going to be well, well over the um, uh, cap and probably, you know, deep into the luxury tax pending what happens with Jaden McDaniels and then re-signing a couple other key players and the like. So, so that's going to factor in a little bit of what this looks like. And I'll just to, to be complete and throw it out there. Rudy Gobert is going to be extension eligible here at the end of September. So I pretty confident in saying one's not coming, but we'll, we'll, we'll put it out there into the world just in case anyway. Mm-hmm. Number 14, the recently signed Fred Van Vliet to the Houston Rockets is making $40.8 million this season. Yeah, this is our first new one for our first new contract on the list that's not an extension or not, you know, one of these kind of holdovers. And he did get his full max amount for a season at $40.8 million with the Rockets, but he only got three seasons. And it's really a two minus one because the first year's uh, first two years fully guaranteed. And then that third year at about 44.9 million, the Rockets have a team option on it. So total of, you know, a minimum two years, 83.6 million, maybe three years, you know, 128.5 million uh, for Van Vliet. But it's this one to me, this is, more than I would have given Fred Van Vliet 
But if you're the Rockets, you really didn't have a choice if you wanted to get him. He wasn't going to go there for probably less than the max. And the Rockets are trying to reset, reestablish uh, their culture here. So I think what we're going to see um, you know, with this is uh, Fred Van Vliet kind of coming in and saying, um, you know, all right, let's let's uh, you know, get this you know, locked in here under Ime Udoka. I'm trying to build, you know, guys who will defend, guys who will play the right way. Uh, I don't want to have games, you know, where we have 30 turnovers anymore. I really want to play, you know, more reasonable basketball. And I think when you add guys like Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks, Jeff Green, Jock Landale, the veteran players that they brought in, that's going to allow them to evaluate uh, uh, Jalen Green, Jabari Smith, Alperin Shingoon, um, uh, Amon Thompson, uh, Cam Whitmore. We're going to find out a lot more about these young players than we would have otherwise because it's going to allow the Rockets to really really see or what do they look like in more of a stable uh, winning type environment versus just, hey, you got minutes because you were high draft picks and were terrible uh, type of world that the Rockets have been living in for the last couple of years. Number 15, Anthony Davis with the Lakers comes in at $40.6 million. Yeah, and Anthony Davis, we're, we're now in a spot with him as well where we've got some new money on the back end uh, with Anthony Davis. So he's, so he's coming in, um, you know, finishing out this year and next. He did pick up the player option that he had for 24-25, but he did that because he added three years of max salary on total um, on the back end. Right now that projects to start at $54.7 million. So Anthony Davis total total is on the Lakers books for five years right now it's about 261 million we'll see if that goes up a little bit because we've talked about it before cap projections are fairly conservative for next year so this one's hard because when he plays anthony davis is worth every bit of this and more you know we, you, you could say you know hey i would have given him even more than the max amount allowable but that's you know where we're at right now the challenge is anthony davis has not played a lot in his career. We're starting to hear a lot more of the, I don't really want to play the five all the time stuff out of him too. He wants to play, you know, more at the four and those kind of things. So that just becomes a situation where for Anthony Davis, or where, where are we going? What are we doing here? Because we need to get this into a much more um, reasonable place um, where you're playing the five and all these things, because now we are locked in for five years. I think the contract will hold value for at least the first three, probably four years. That final year at 63.4 million, that turns into one of those we paid for past performance type things. But for now, the, the Lakers are in good place and, and they're trying to keep everything kind of happy, locked in, and also have a little bit of protection for, hey, if LeBron James decides he's moving on at the end of the year, you know, what are we looking like as a franchise going forward. Now you've got Davis signed. You've got Rui Hachimura signed. You've got Austin Reeves locked in. You have Gabe Vincent on a contract. Um, you know, we got a little bit more certainty with your roster going forward. So I, I get why they extended him in the vet. The contract should still hold value this year and moving forward. Number 16 has three players tied at 40.2, uh, excuse me, $40.1 million. Trey Young, Zach Levine, and Luka Doncic. Yeah, and these are all guys who are going into the second year of their rookie scale max extensions and all guys who, you know, well, let me rephrase. Doncic and Young are doing that. Levine was on a fully new contract uh, that he signed. So Doncic and Young both jumped a salary tier as being designated players. So um, that, that cut them there. And they, 
you know, well worth it. You know, Luka Doncic is going to be an MVP candidate. Trey Young's one of the better young guards in the league. And then Zach Levine, uh, not a rookie scale guy, but he a rookie scale extension guy, but a new contract that he signed with, with the Bulls. And Zach Levine was in the position where when he signed this, if, you know, this you know, was the full max that, that he could get. So Levine's probably the most questionable of that group. But again, good scoring guard can do a lot of things. He's been relatively healthy. Even if he's had some injuries, he's generally appeared in and played in games. I think he's up up around 75 games or so last season when it seemed like, you know, there were points where it's like, all right, they may be ready to, you know, think about shutting him down. He just kept going out there and producing. So I don't have a problem with what he got paid. Certainly don't have a problem with Doncic or uh, Trey Young. And, and for Doncic and Young, it's going to turn into very quickly here. We're going to start talking about, all right, well, what's next to come for them? We're, we're still, you know, a couple years out on that, but that's just how quickly it works. And for both of those guys, there's probably going to be at least a little bit of a question of, Hey, are the teams winning? You know, are you, you know, uh, producing? Are you moving forward? Because if not, you know, then the conversation flips to, hey, is one of these two guys going to ask for a trade here fairly soon? And that, that's not where we're at right now. Number 19, Tobias Harris, $39.27 million. Yeah, this is one definitely an overpay, right? I think we all know uh, Tobias Harris's contract very famously as a uh, a lot of folks in Philly like to remind you, not a max deal, but might as well have been. He was just shy of a max contract when he got it, but it's coming to an end. This is the final year of this contract uh, for Tobias Harris. So it's going to expire. Um, really no chance of an extension because we've seen Philly is even trying to hold off on extending Tyrese Maxey, um, who's really been one of their breakout stars over the last couple of seasons because they're trying to use his low cap hold because they're trying to preserve cap space. But Tobias Harris, good, productive player. They're going to need more out of him, especially if James Harden is either not there or, let's say, uh, less than fully engaged in being there. Um, to, to be fair, they're, they're going to need him to play and produce and see what it looks like uh, for Tobias Harris. So that's going to be you know, you know a big chance for him to kind of show, hey, you know, yeah, all right, I'm going into year 12 here. Um, for Harris I am now let's see he is 31 years old what he's looking to show is hey somebody can feel good about giving me a three or four year contract next summer um probably not going to be you know 39 40 million but if I can you know get 25 30 million a year um you know in, in this deal or at least in starting salary he'll be feeling pretty good so this is a big big year for uh, Tobias Harris yeah I feel like I- Ever since he signed that contract, he has always been on the trade block, whether it's, you know, trade deadline or offseason. There's all he always seems to come up on that team. And now he's at the end uh, being an expiring contract. Maybe he's on that block even more so in this trade deadline. Are you feeling the same way or do you think he's more uh, to finish off with Philly and then get to free agency? Yeah, it's. It's interesting. I think this is one where right now I find it hard to see them trading him because I think the plan will be, now let's just run with what we have. But I think this is one where if, you know, if you're sitting there in season and it's like, man, to really launch ourselves in a full scale title contender, 
we we need to do you know xyz and and we don't mind having that money on next year's books from the guys we return then maybe you see um uh, tobias harris involved in trade talks but for right now i i think probably just play it out expire and then let's see where we go moving forward 20 ben simmons pascal siakam 37.9 million dollars yeah, interesting, you know, with these two guys, these guys are both in year four of uh, the, the uh, rookie scale extensions they signed um, back, uh, you know, several years ago. But what's interesting is we'll, we'll start with Pascal Siakam because that's obviously easier, quicker discussion. He only signed a four-year contract um, back then, did sign for the full max amount he could have gotten, but only a four-year deal. So he's in the final year of his uh, contract. He's been... Very, very, um, you know, open about saying, hey, if the Raptors trade me, any team that trades me, I'm not signing an extension. And I think what Pascal Siakam's kind of looking at here is I want to experience free agency for the first time. I didn't do it last time around. So I want to see, you know, what it's like to be a free agent going going into this. He's going to be 29 or is 29 uh, this year. He'll turn um He'll turn 30 uh, shortly uh, before the trade deadline. Um, so that's something to factor in. He is in year eight. He was a four-year college guy, so came in a little bit older. Um, but he's been a great player. He's been a you know all-star level guy, all-NBA level guy. So he's somebody with a big year, could really put himself in position to really lock down a monster uh, contract. The question is going to be, is that the Raptors does a team trade for him saying, Hey, even though we can't extend you, yo, we're going to go. I did a next contract thing on Pascal Siakam um, before. And yeah, then you know, kind of expecting our, right, we'll probably see an extension or something, but then it didn't happen. And you know, now we're here. So we may, we may need to do our first uh, updated next contract look at Pascal Siakam and what it might look like. Outside looking in are Kyrie Irving, Drew Holiday, Kristaps Porzingis, Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns as notable just outside the top 20. Any comments on any of those uh, before we wrap up here? Yeah, I want to go back real quick. Sorry, just with Simmons um, because oh, yeah. you know I, I meant to do that. And so Ben Simmons, he does have an extra year because he got the five-year um, max extension. Um, so in that last year, you know, I think despite – the chagrin maybe of the nets who now have him is is fully guaranteed so 78.2 million left for simmons about 37.9 this year 40.3 uh next year so so that's kind of where we're at with ben simmons we're you know saying all the right things doing you know showing all the right clips and videos and how he's going to come back and he's going to be himself he's going to be great we hope right we we all hope that's what we see and you know what he becomes but i think we're all kind of at least I know I can say for myself, for sure, I'm in a, I'll believe it when I see it kind of mindset, you know, let's get you back on the court and then, then we can have that conversation. So it just something to monitor, right? Well, we'll just kind of be, be watching. Otherwise, you know, if you're the Nets, you're basically waiting it out probably till next year when 40.3 expiring money becomes a really nice trade chip that they can probably use to add to, you know, what their core group of, you know, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, probably Nick Claxton, what that's going to look like. So that'll be, you know, something we'll keep an eye on. Of the other guys you mentioned, 
Hey, you know, Kyrie signed for less than the max, so that's why we haven't talked about him yet. Uh, Drew Holiday's in the final year of his contract. Chris Porzingis added two years in slightly less money. Towns is Towns and Booker are both wrapping up the final year of their um, original extensions, and then are going to jump up, you know, up near almost fifty million, maybe over fifty million. CJ McCollum is moving into his extension years. James Harden. Yeah, well, we'll see. There's a total of, uh, you know, if I have this right, 44 players make at least, you know, $30 million uh, in the NBA. So there's still a handful of guys, you know, down, you know, a little bit further down. And some of those guys are, you know, superstar guys that are, you know, going to be making even more next time they get paid. So guys like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown just got uh, the Supermax. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, now his uh, rookie scale Max looks like almost a bargain for for the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. Donovan Mitchell's going to be a you know guy everybody will keep their eyes on, and then you've got some veteran guys who, quite frankly, are you know playing out the final year, making that much money. So guys like Gordon Hayward, Chris Paul, um, that are you know going to be making considerably um, more money than I think anybody would you know necessarily give them. And then the one guy I want to mention because he's in this thirty million club that I think everybody is like, please put it together and figure it out is Zion Williamson, $34 million year one of his uh, rookie scale extension this year. Let's just get a healthy season out of the big fella and let's see what it looks like. So that's you know going to be something, you know, we'll, we'll be watching. And then John Morant for other reasons, let's say, um, let's hope he figures it out and gets it all together as well in the same boat as Williamson. It's a little weird where Darius Garland, who is a great player and I think everybody really likes, but if you, if you, we had this conversation a couple years ago, everyone would have taken Zion and John Morant over Darius Garland. And now it's like Darius Garland feels like by far and away of the three guys that got the rookie scale max extensions last year feels like by far and away the safest bet of that group. Just, you know, a couple things that jumped off the page to me there. Yeah, it's crazy how one year can really alter quite a bit in a league and a sport and, we are now just over a month outside of regular season games kicking off. Um, so within that time, I, I think we, re- I, I had you last episode give us a quick recap of what is upcoming. So uh, for those that may be new or listening for the first time, um, what do we have to look forward to here in the next month that's going to happen in the NBA? Yeah, so what what we're going to be watching now is the roster fill-out process. Obviously, I mentioned it before, but a Dame trade, a Harden trade, you know, what is coming together with all that? We're we're going to find all that kind of um, you know, in a um uh, you know, points here of, you know, we're we're really down to either it happens in the next two weeks or it's probably not happening uh, before the start of the season, just because once training camp starts coaches and everybody, they just want to move forward. They don't want to keep, keep things going with that. So if a trade goes down, well, obviously we'll analyze it you know, in depth, in detail uh, with either guy, or if there's some other surprise trade, and then we'll be kind of watching. There's, handful of couple decent free agents out there uh still you know waiting for homes probably kind of waiting to see how those trades play out um we're gonna get up uh hopefully this week um uh, i'm looking back at the best and worst deals of this uh this past free agency that were signed it's kind of a you know hey let's let's evaluate these things before they've even really started spoiler alert 
it's getting harder and harder and harder to pick worse deals. Um, teams are getting really good about not giving out crazy bad deals anymore, but we managed to find a couple and you probably guess uh, which ones those are. And then I'm going to also, I'd like to write a piece that's kind of about, Hey, here's some roster. It's some of its roster battles, some of its rotation battles, kind of looking through, you know, some teams like the Phoenix Suns when we're talking through them, everybody knows Durant, Booker, Beal, and Aiton. But you got to start five guys. Who's their fifth starter going to be? Um, I've been having conversations with people around the league. Um, so that'll be a little bit intel based and a little bit, uh, you know, speculation based there. But we'll, but we'll have something up on that uh, coming up here over the next couple of weeks too. All right. Thanks for, for all that you've done, Keith. Uh, we will be skipping next week. I need to do some traveling, and so we will skip next week. So hopefully, maybe we'll have uh, two potential trades that have happened. Uh, if not, uh, for sure. A lot of roster manipulation and um, signings, exhibit 10s, 9s, all that good stuff. And we will get your articles posted as soon as you have completed them. Thanks for everything once again. For Keith Smith, I am Scott Allen. Thanks for listening to the NBA Next Podcast.